Kane. Welcome, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. My name is Charles, aka the Handsome Home Buyer, aka Captain Permit, although the captain is in the <laughs> building, aka El Julio Maravilloso. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Getting a lot of very cool uh, press. Had a great Long Island Business News article that came out the other day. Uh, Newsday just did a preview on us. It should be out in a week or two on being Long Island's uh, top flipper, which is very, very cool. Excited about that. Uh, obviously, if you need plans, if you need permits, you're going to hear all about it on today's episode. But when you need them, and ladies, when it's a cold, lonely night, <laughs> and you need some eye candy or something to stare at or, or, or a sexy voice to listen to, call the captain. 516-513-8838. And I will tell you up front, it's not going to be my voice because there is nothing <laughs> sexy about this voice. However, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, is dated from the 1960s, has six inches of mold on the wall, human waste running past the basement steps, I'm quick, I'm easy, development, land, old gas stations, you name it. If it exists, if it's land, if God made it, I want to buy it. 516-777. Sold. All right, so uh, I'm calling this podcast the uh, the coming out podcast. See, um, see, this stuff just just yeah. just comes to me, man. I don't I don't prep for these things beforehand. I was talking to today's guest, and he's like, "All right, like, what are the questions? What do you got to do?" And this is a very very common thing with guests. They always say to me, "Like, all right, like, just send me a list of questions. What we're going to talk about?" And I'm like, "Listen, I don't have time to sleep, let alone think about what we're going to talk about. So this is just." Whatever is on my mind, on my lung, is on my tongue. There's no filter. So, I would like to introduce the man, the myth, the man that is completely transforming Captain Permit from a eight-cylinder monster <laughs> that was running on three cylinders to a well-oiled American muscle sub-ten-second quarter-mile machine. The man, the myth, the sex symbol, Michael Arado. Good to have you here, man. Yeah, nice to be here. You're actually here every day. Yeah, I'm, thankfully. So now that you guys are actually seeing this, it kind of I'm sure it's kind of trippy. If somebody was standing on the side of this table, they'd be looking left and looking right and being like, am I looking in a mirror? <laughs> the thing that you got that I kind of wish I had is you got the eyes, right? Girls like ladies. What are they? I'm colorblind. Like, they're blue. They're green. What are like they? Like a hazel. Hazel. They switch. And your your level of jackness is significantly above mine at this point. But you've inspired me, yeah. and now I have. If you look He's behind got the me, protein. I got oatmeal. The, I'm on the Micarado diet, people. <laughs> I got the oats. I got the very large protein. So ugh. whenever there's a whenever I have a hunger attack. I go to there, and then at night I, I hit a pint of, of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, which is what, <laughs> what happened last night. But uh, in all seriousness, Mike is amazing. Uh, Captain Permit has been in existence for roughly a year. And with any business, and I want to talk about you know businesses, starting new businesses, obviously your background, challenges, services that we offer, etc. When you're building a new business, I think what everybody needs to know is it's never perfect out of the gate. Nothing's perfect out of the gate. But if you don't get started and you don't get moving nothing ever happens, right? So Captain Permit was a process. It came from a need, from an idea of how I myself doing all these houses could not get permits and had a tremendous issue with 
literally dozens of architects and expediters. So we started doing this just for me. And then I said, you know what? We should be reselling the service and, and helping people like ourselves on Long Island deal with, uh, with their permit problems. So we started and it's been a piece by piece kind of road and it's been getting better and better. And now we finally have the dream team together um, with Mike signing on. So Mike is our COO, our chief of operations, which means he runs the show. Anything administrative, scheduling, um, he is a master of organization, something that I struggle with all the time and I, uh, I'm very impressed with how he does it. So I want everybody to meet him, understand him. He has an unbelievable um, you know, track record. He's been um, involved in real estate for the last 15 years, we could say? Yeah, about 13. 13 in different capacities, which is very cool from uh, an investor standpoint. So, uh, A, I'm just curious to know a little bit of background because you know what? I'm actually going to dig in deep on the podcast because I there's certain things that I don't know about you, and I can see the bead of sweat <laughs> run down your face as I as I say that to you. But um, so you're you're a local guy, right? You're yeah, Huntington. Live in Huntington. Local Huntington guy. Yeah. Car enthusiast. Yeah. Car enthusiast. Born, raised, grew up here. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, on Long Island. Yeah. Yep. Hunt, high school. Uh, yeah. High school was Oyster Bay. Went to St. Tom's. Okay. Um, moved to Long Island in '82. Um, Center Reach lived in Atlanta for like a year. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, was, was I was Atlanta. young. I was young. I was only about a, maybe two years old. Because I, I hear there. the girl, the guy ratio down there is like nine girls well, to one guy. I don't know. I was I was only two. So oh yeah, All right. yeah. The only but I'm sure it's still a the only ratio I had was my family, and that's uh, seven to one. So I'm the youngest of eight. Oh yeah, so that was the only ratio that I was really dealing with down there. How's your How old's your oldest sibling? Uh, he's 16 years older than me, so he's. Uh, wow. 56, maybe 57. Sorry if you're seeing this. I don't know your age, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, God bless your parents, man. Yeah. You got a football team. Yeah. You know what? Much. How much it would have cost to feed you guys? Yeah, a lot. I can't even imagine. My father was busy. <laughs> Definitely not watching TV. That's for sure. So when you, um, so after school, got into the work world, and uh, what I found very interesting. So when I was looking to hire for captain permit. I was I went through I, I used Indeed. Indeed's an awesome, awesome resource. I think you know people should use Indeed. And did I find you or did you find me? Uh, I found you. You found me, right? Yep. Yeah. You emailed me, but I sifted through literally like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of resumes. And Mike doesn't know this because I never talked told him about it. But like when you that and I've interviewed dozens of people, and it's like. We should make a reality TV show out of like the interview process because it's just it's it's crazy <laughs> the people that you get that you meet. But as soon as I saw your resume, I'm like, this is the guy, right? Like hundreds of hundreds of them. You just kind of get like as you get older, a you know the hair falls out. B you can't eat ice cream the same way because you get like this kind of lump of lard that sticks there that you just can't work off. But the cool things that you do get is you get like this kind of like uh, sixth psychic sense about things. Yeah. I always try, I, I'm always like, all right, I don't want to get too excited because, you know, you never know. But I was like, yo, this is the guy. And I'm like, I hope that he's really this guy on paper because if it's this guy, like, the dream team is formed. So um, you worked for Riziki and Riziki for 12 years. Yeah, 12 doing, years. Doing processing for them. For those of you who don't know, Riziki and Riziki uh, was one of, uh, is, a, is a law firm, a very large law firm that did a tremendous volume of, of bank work and bank foreclosures. So uh, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, 
what you did there just about the foreclosure process because obviously a lot of investors listen to this people are interested in like how that works what goes on there the you know the the drama the trials and tribulations of the foreclosure process how long it takes what you guys have to deal with on the bank end yeah yeah we were we were, we were a full service law firm so we did everything from intake to sale so we had a bankruptcy department foreclosure department um, I, I worked in the foreclosure department so basically I started off as a paralegal there and then just kind of grew with the company and grew with the department became team lead and then moved on to become a uh, supervisor um, so we would you know I was in charge of seeing all the files that came in movement of the files through the foreclosure stage you know dealing with uh, trainings dealing with giving people reviews and you know interviewing new staff uh, dealing with clients dealing with report cards so it was just like you guys have report cards over there yeah so they would give you a report card all the clients the investors would give you a report card saying oh, like, okay oh you know what like we gave you this file you know 120 days ago we want to know what happened from day one to the time it went to you know the, the first legal was filed to service to you know order a reference what happened in between and what happened with the settlement conferences then what happened at you know oath and report all the way up to sale like they want to know exactly and time framed out so you would have to put like on you know january 1st 2019 we received it on january 8th we requested this document you didn't give us it until this day wow the next day you know it went to you know the attorney to review for S and C. It was like you literally had to like put a whole timeline of days and it had to all be calculated because they only give you sixty days. Some of them give you ninety days, and you had to basically say we were in time frame because we have all these like uncontrollable delays because of you. You know, like the investor saying we asked you for. The note we asked you for the mortgage we asked you for you know whatever document we needed new judgment figures because the numbers weren't working out and we had to literally detail out the days that we requested it and then how long it took for them to get it to us and then we had to subtract those days from the int- it was like a whole formula and to basically say you guys are out of compliance not us like we were on top of our files because what? if you weren't on top they'd pull they'd say hey we don't want to do business with you anymore like you're taking too long to do move our work and we're going to go with another law firm. So it was like a very cutthroat industry. Like people don't, you know, that aren't in it don't realize like it's really competitive out there. And I'd say in a couple more years, you're not going to see a lot of these little foreclosure law firms around because these investors don't want their work like scattered amongst all these firms. They kind of just want everything in, in, in one or two firms handling all their work. I guess that makes sense for me. If like if I was a if I was a note holder who owned a, you know a ton of notes and I was going through the process, my, the only thing I would be concerned about is like if you have a law firm that's like that big and that much of a machine, like what kind of level of service are you really getting? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can get lost in in the pile. I mean that might not be true, but uh, that that's the only thing that that I would I would think of. We, so I mean you were there for twelve years. Yeah. So I'm sure when you started there, like the size of the company, the processes, like all the stuff you guys were doing. It, it, it was probably a lot smaller than it was ultimately when you when you left. Yeah, yeah. When I first started there, I mean, it was it was always big. We always had three three different uh, offices. So we had like a Plainview office, Fishkill, Batavia. Um, it's just that the offices grew. Plainview, I think, grew the most. That was right right here. That's where I worked. And um, yeah, even our process totally changed. I mean, when I came in, I kind of you know kind of saw how things were going and kind of expressed 
my opinion on like some things that they were doing because it just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had like a great team behind me, and like my managers were really like supportive, and they voiced my opinion and actually got things done. So we actually started ch- changing the way the company actually ran, and and that's what made us become so large, like you know, and and successful. Mm-hmm. You know, we got new programs, new system programs that were like you know would be able to give us information on the fly, like for these clients that were extremely like we want to know what's going on with our files well we're going to create a system that can just spit this information out for you as easily as possible without us having to do so much legwork mm-hmm. and then um, eventually we developed a night shift and I worked that for four years just to like increase productivity because the volume was just way too much to handle on regular hours you know so we we started doing a, uh, a four to one mid uh, four to one shift 4 p.m. to 1 1 a.m. Jesus yeah, so we'd come in at four, kind of be able to deal with the day staff a little bit, kind of see what's going on, still have a little bit of involvement, and then by six, seven o'clock, everyone from the day kind of filtered out, and then it was just us at night, so there was no phone calls, there was no emails, you pretty much can come in at four, and by like seven, you're done with all your emails, you're done with your voicemails, you're done with your callbacks to the clients, and then from eight to one o'clock in the morning, you're just cranking out work. Just processing. Yeah, you're just working. You're just handling reports. You're handling, you know, files, S and Cs. You're preparing work. You're getting stuff ready for the next day. That way, S and Cs are what summons and and complaints. So, what is a summons and complaint for people that don't know? A summons and complaint is basically like the first notice that a homeowner is going to get that their house is is being foreclosed on. Okay, and it's going to list like just basic information, like hey, this was your default date. This is your note amount. This is the mortgage amount and you're in foreclosure mm-hmm. and then from that point you know obviously you're going to go it's going to get served those papers are going to go out on the street anyone who's a judgment creditor is going to get served anybody that's an owner is going to get served um, and then you go to the next stage which is settlement conferences where the homeowner has a chance to go to court bring up any issues as to what's going on and try to you know work with the with with the bank mm-hmm. to kind of come to a resolution. If there's nothing reached, maybe you know they can do a loan mod or or something. If not, you know it goes on to the next stage. So at what? What's up? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. No. no. At what? Um. At what point can the summons and complaint be filed? Like, at what point is someone considered like, quote unquote, in foreclosure? Well, once they get a, the bank will send them a demand letter. So once they're 30 days defaulted. Oh, it is that? I thought it was 90. No, is it, well, you is have it 30? 30 days, and then okay. you, you get a demand letter. Okay. And then New York State, now you have the 90-day notice, so okay. it gives them 90 days total, and then the SNC can be sent. Wow. But, like, once you're 30 days out, you'll get a default letter saying, hey, you are you defaulted on your loan. You're not in foreclosure yet, but they're just getting you a, a demand letter. Mm-hmm. And then what the banks normally do is they'll send the 90 and the 30 at the same time. That way it's not, you know, they don't wait for the 30 to expire, then send a 90, they'll just send a 90 90 and a 30 together that way they're the true it's only 90 they're not losing out on another 30 days you know what I mean yeah no that, um, and then after the 90 days is up if, if nothing's happened SNC is is started so um, why I guess I guess I want people to kind of understand also I'm curious to know how in general because you you've seen this in and out how long does the foreclosure process in New York State take long time like Anywhere from like, I'd say the quickest you're gonna see something is maybe 
three years at the quickest and that's if like stuff gets you know nobody shows for for the uh settlement conference and they can do some expediting and combined motions and so like let's otherwise say... the longest i mean you can go 10 years i mean they they'll file yeah. bankruptcies they'll delay the process as much as they can they'll do you know uh order to show causes yeah. i mean it's just ridiculous it just yeah it gets crazy. yeah so basically worse than it like if, if there's a house that had a mortgage and somebody passed away and they have no siblings no relatives no kids no nothing and the bank is cranking to get it yep three years at the fastest that's the fastest um, it's the courts are so backed up yeah i had heard that the average foreclosure time in new york state was seven years yeah well that's what i'm saying the lowest yeah. is like the fastest you're going to get is like three but it can go ten yeah so when you break the difference yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're right around there and i mean that's just yeah that's not to your knowledge is new york the only state that operates like that no florida is, is kind of like that oh really yeah they're, i thought you were out up. fast in florida no, texas is the fastest yeah 30 days texas you're at, 30 days yeah because it's yeah it is that considered better. a non-judicial state uh, i believe so wow I don't. I don't remember what the yeah. What it is, the but they're fast. Is. They're they're like the fastest. They don't care. New York is like very forgiving. They're very borrower friendly. Judges are very borrower friendly. So it's like, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's what it is. It just it takes forever. So yeah. I um what intrigued me about you when I saw your um your resume and I Rizzicky Rizzicky and all that I'm like, this is an organized man like. This is the kind of like during my interview process, what I would tell the people is like, I'm like, listen, we need somebody that is organized on a level that is almost unhealthy, right? Like you got to be the kind of person that like, you know, takes a picture of your shoes and then puts them on the outside, uh, puts the picture on the outside of the box and then like dust busts your way out of their bedroom in the morning. Did I tell you that when I met you? Was that like R on the phone? I don't know about dust busting, but that might have just been a new one. Organized like in a in a crazy way yes so so i was thinking to myself i'm like listen i mean at any given point in time how many files were you guys working on in the in the heyday oh god i mean i know back in like the when we were cranking out work in like the 2009 through like 12 i mean it could be like up to 800 or so a month what yeah and the, so 800 or so a month are they're new that are coming in yeah and I then mean, that's when foreclosures was in like it was just insane and then on top of that they're lasting an average of seven years yeah so you can just see how long that's taking for them it's, to get money but you also have to maintain those files yeah for throughout the, the whole life throughout yeah. the whole life yeah um and then i'm so you i mean you basically had tens of thousands if not i mean i can't even imagine how many yeah. files how do you keep that shit organized? You just have a really good system. You know, the, the computer system that we had was really good. Yeah. And it was like a database type system where we were able to build in codes and it was like, it was very, it was really good. It was a really good system. So let me ask you this question. Let's say you are representing a specific lender, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say he packages a whole bunch of these, you know, NPLs up. For those of you who don't know, that means non-performing loans and sells it. Yep. And then they have a different foreclosure. Do you stay on as a foreclosure attorney typically, or do they? does it get transferred to another attorney that they want to use? Sometimes the clients would stay with you. Sometimes they wouldn't if you had a rapport with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would. And 
that's usually what would happen but sometimes they wouldn't if mm. you had like a god forbid like you had a small uh, servicer that went out of business and a bigger servicer took their files over and you already like caused like some ripples in the water they would just pull all the work from you and you'd lose it so that's why you always had to be like good with everyone because you'd never know tomorrow one of these servicers or investors could go out and be bought out and then it's like oh like we're not good with them anymore and they're going to pull all your work but it's really not cost effective for them if you ask me because they're losing out on that whole transition of pulling files giving it to another law firm law firm intaking it yeah and then the law firm is going to you know, you got fees that are going to be due, fees that are going to be due for the law firm to get rid of all your files, you know, to say, hey, we're going to transfer all this, it's going to cost you money to transfer these files out. The new firm's going to take their files in. Who knows how much time is passing between there, so now you're losing time, you know, you're losing money because of the time frame. And then, oh, is, is a new title search needed? How old is the title search that the prior firm had? It's just, it's a big waste of money, if you ask me. So, I mean, we don't have to get into the exact numbers on it, but like, the the billing structure of, of these kind of things is, is what it's you bill you build a flat fee or you bill yeah, by the you bill you bill by stage but in order to be like to keep the doors open you've got to bill a majority up front because like you know these take forever to get to foreclosure to sale so if you were just billing and when the work was done you wouldn't be able to survive so basically if it's like if it's I'll make up a number if it's five thousand dollars for a law yeah. firm to take it through you're gonna maybe bill like uh, thirty five hundred bucks up front something like that twenty five three thousand something you want to get a bulk of it up front because that's where a lot of the work is is done unless it gets litigated I mean it can always go to litigation someone files an answer yeah and that that's a total another animal because they start bill, litigation will bill on their own oh I know what I want to ask you this is like, bro, I've heard this so many times and you're the perfect guy to ask this question to. You'll get people that you'll have a conversation with who are like, you know, um, I would, I'm, I talk to an attorney who says, he's going to get me my house for free. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? He's going to file something and he says that he gets people free houses. Yeah. How many times did you see somebody get a free house? It's, it's rare. It's got to be like a huge mistake. Yeah. And usually it's... I wouldn't even talk about it on camera. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? But basically, like, like that's it, what has to happen. It's not something that happens, really. No, it's not. No. It's like the, for the point. Oh, 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 oh. Like yeah. you have a better chance of winning Powerball than you yeah. do of getting a free house. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there has to be a lot. Of, there would have to be a lot of like statutes of limitations would have had to have run, and like nothing could have been. You know, like no action was taken. The file would have been sitting for like you know, over 10 years of no action and no yeah. response. Because once there's a response, they're gonna take that as like, oh, well, proceedings were taking place. Yeah. We reached out, they reached back, they knew they were in foreclosure, you know, things like that. It's gotta be like a really, like really special case or a really big mistake. Like proceedings were done inaccurately, files sat, no one ever like came back to it to revisit it the action was maybe withdrawn you know and now it's 10 years later and the loans like 15 years old now and it's like well what do you, you know what i mean like it, it's got to be yeah no yeah because people always say that to me and i was curious to know i'm like from somebody who's seen more foreclosure yeah. than anybody i'll probably ever meet yeah does that really ever happen? Is that a thing? So that's 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 interesting to know. Uh, another quick, 
Do you like? Will you do you make your bed every morning? No. No. All right. I'm just cu- I'm just curious to know because you're yeah. a very very organized individual. Yeah. I'm just curious to know if it, if if that's like. No, not every morning. You're very Sometimes reg- you're very regimented, yeah, very regimented with, the, with, the, with the diet. Yeah. You have your bowl. You have your shake. Yeah. You have your oatmeal. Yeah. You clean the bowl. You put it in the same <laughs> spot. Like no, but this is like when yeah. I saw that application, I was like, this is the guy. Yeah. So uh, I want to. So I want to kind of talk about Captain Permit stuff. Yeah. And uh, I want you to feel. That I'm usually running way too late in the morning to even make my bed. So it's. It's good enough. I put my shirt on properly to get here in time. I know, I know so I'm making my bed. I, I feel the, same the last way. thing I'm going to be doing. I'm, I'm happy to find a clean shirt. In the morning. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things about Captain Permit. Well, a bunch of things about Captain Permit. And I want you in front of the whole world here to feel that you can speak honestly because I, I I want you to. I'm curious to know. Um, so hey, you and I met, right? And then we kind of hit it off like pretty good right away. Yeah. And then you decided to work with us, which is amazing, which I'm very thankful for. Um, because I know, even if I don't know firsthand, I, I know based on knowing you, or at least meeting you then, that you have a lot of opportunities in the world because of yeah. the kind of person that you are. So I'm curious to know um, why you decided to work with us uh, as in general. Um, well, I, I think we had a good interview, you know, and I think like... You look good in a suit, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the last time I had to wear a suit was for the interview. Um, and I thought it was just a really good opportunity. You know, it was something new for me to learn. You know, I didn't really know anything about permits. I'm still learning. You know, it's only been what six weeks, five and a half weeks, something like that. Yeah, it feels like it's been a lot. Yeah, longer. I know. I was saying that last night. Um, and you know, I just I didn't want to go back into the foreclosure world. You know, I just didn't. I was kind of tired of it. Don't really think there was much room for growth. You know, not me not being an attorney. You know, and. Um, I just said, you know what, like, it's an opportunity that came up and it was interesting and the offer was, you know, sounded good and, you know, I, I think it's going to be, so far, I like it, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I think, you know, the more knowledge you have, it's, it's only going to benefit you, you know what I'm going to say, in the foreclosure world, something that I was doing for so long, like, I can bring my knowledge, I can bring my, my business skills, my organization skills to another firm. Either they're going to embrace it or they're not, and if they don't, then I'm I'm dealing with what they're working with, and you know, not every firm out there is as was as is as structured as Rosicky was. So I kind of don't know how I would really like going to another firm like that, you know, that wasn't like ours. Um, so I said, you know what, this seems like a, a good fit for me. So here I am. I um. From a from an employer standpoint, you know, finding good people, I think uh, all employers will agree is like it's a very difficult thing to do, right? Yeah. And uh, I guess conversely, finding a place that you really want to work where you feel you're appreciated is also you know difficult. Um, as as somebody who um, is is top tier talent in, in in what you do and what you can do, if you're speaking to and advising employers, right? What do people like yourself? Like, what do you want in a workplace? Growth. Definitely want growth. You want to be challenged. You know, I don't want to just go someplace where it's just going to be doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like, that's not what, you know, what we like doing. You know, I don't like doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I like to be challenged. I like to learn things. I like to be able to, you know, kind of express my opinion on things. And whether they be shot down that's fine or they they're embraced and like i think you don't always find that at, at companies it's kind of very like this is how we do things if you don't like it 
it's too bad. Meanwhile, you may have a better way of, of doing something, you know? You say, hey, listen, you know, it's it's fresh eyes. You're coming in and saying, why are you guys doing this? Like, you're wasting so much money. Like, we can do things way better, way more efficient. We can make more money. And they just, a lot of, pla- a lot of places just don't want to change. So I think, like, if, you know, employers need to kind of em- embrace it, they don't need to, you know, say, okay, we're going to do everything that these that this person's saying, but kind of, like, at least give it an, a, a thought and say, hey, well, you know, are they saying is this true? Is something we can do? Can we, can we make? Can we can we do things more efficiently here, or or not? You know, um, and you know, I, I, that's that's my biggest thing. You know, I think people employers don't really really do that too often. You know, they kind of just, hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. We don't care what you know, what you don't know. Like, you know, I think it's just unfortunate. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, money's obviously, like, I always talk to people about money. You know, a lot of people that are very, like, you know, focused on money. I mean, listen, money. Oh, salary? Salary? No, I'm more of, like, money for the company. Like, hey, Oh, no, no, people... I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, my point I was, wasn't sure. No, no, my point was going to be, like, you know, obviously money's important. Like, people are always like, I want my money or this or that. But, like, the things that you're talking about are, are, are very different. Like, after money, there has to be. It's it's not. It doesn't begin oh, yeah, and end yeah, with money. There has to be other things. I mean, the money. The money is is obviously important. You need to say, hey, yeah. you know, what's this? What's this new opportunity going to bring me? Maybe in the beginning, it's not exactly what I was looking for, but in a couple of years, it's going to be, and and then some. And in the process, what's going to happen to me just with my education? You know, like business wise, what more? What knowledge am I going to? get from this and I think that's more key you know what I mean like you may have to take a, a, a deduction in salary but taking that deduction you're learning a whole new line of work and then you know that's just adding to your you know your resume if you want to say that you know but you can now bring if it doesn't work out in a couple of years you know what hey you have that knowledge and it's something you never would have had if you just stayed in the same industry but I think the growth potential here is is tremendous. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I kind of took it. I, I, I went off what you said. I'm kind of already seeing it. And I think like, yeah, in a couple of years, like this could be like a, a really big company. And I don't think I would have that anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it was a new, it was a new opportunity. It's fresh. It's not like you're, you weren't very, very established. So it's something that I can come in, kind of put my two cents in and, and watch it develop with you, you know? Which is the exciting part. Yeah. yeah. Nugget, buddy. That's the nugget. So, um, which is kind of interesting because that's the, that's the theme. That's kind of like our, we do a bunch of different things, obviously, investing, permits, et cetera. But that's like, that in 2019 was the theme of 2019. I'm calling it take one step back to take three steps forward. So, obviously, that's, you know, with you in the captain permit world, with me in the investing world, exactly the same thing. So, we were being like, super flip and fix, uh, fix and flip oriented, just cranking them out, knowing that the market was going to change, knowing that this was a means to an end for us, not an end. So like I went back to school, the market changed, we dialed down the amount of flips, like now we're in a different, um, you know, different period, different time, doing different volume. Like we had to take that step, I had to take that step back to learn about the commercial world and all of those things, to have the faith and the feeling that next year and the years after that it's gonna i'm gonna grow exponentially so yeah. it's like it's the same thing yeah. so that's like our whole core um mindset for 2019 was 
take a step back to regroup to learn new things to then to then grow and i think a lot of people are always focused on like you know i gotta keep going gotta keep going gotta make a certain amount of money but like sometimes you have to take a step back to take three steps forward as long as you don't hurt yourself you know you're not like taking such a huge deduction where you can't survive you know you gotta figure out where you need to be and then say okay this is the bottom line of where i need to be and you know be content with it a lot of people yeah you can make a lot of money somewhere else and hate your job yeah you know you can go in every day and do the same thing over and over again yeah you may be making the salary that you want but where are you going like what are you learning what are you doing what are you what are you doing as a person how are you growing if you're not if you're not growing to me like it's pointless like that's in everything in life without a doubt you know and those are the things that are that are really important above and beyond just money in itself yeah so same I- thing with the gym you know if you're not growing <laughs> that's the point you know if you're running you're not getting faster you know anything if you I have mean, a car dude, and you can't make your car faster hey what's the point man? i mean dude you're 40 are you yeah, listen, are, are you getting I'm, faster i'm I'm, ju- I'm just as fast now <laughs> as I was almost in high school i'm way faster than i was in my 20s and i'm I, stronger than i was in my 20s i have a question for you so um if you recall you came in for the interview and um i was very very direct and frank with you i was like listen and i'm not ashamed to admit this and i think all business owners need to hear this because i think it'll make them feel better about like life because everybody goes through the shit i was like listen we are a hot mess disaster I, I literally said this i'm like we are a hot mess disaster i was like we have three guys right now that are great they are awesome at what they do but what they don't do is structure and organization they're creative they can do all these other things very very well but in my opinion this business as i see it is a four-legged stool and right now we are a three-legged stool that's tipping that i'm barely holding up so we need that missing piece i'm going to tell you you're going to come in it's going to be three months of complete and total hell then once one through three is going to be complete and total hell four to six is going to be a little bit better but my goal is for january one to have this thing be a machine that can basically revolutionize the permit business uh i'm curious to know what you thought when i said that to you two did you believe me and three a month and a half into it how do you how does that resonate with you yeah no i i believed you and i you know i think that was kind of the whole reason why i took the job was because i said hey you know what like you know there's got to be some sort of uncertainty in your life you know like you can't always be certain you know about things you have to do some stuff that's like uncertain in order to grow you know like so i was like hey this is like a great opportunity this guy doesn't have his company really running properly it's a chance for me to come in and like really bring my talents somewhere that's you know i'm going to be able to to help you know rather than just going and just be another worker you know and that's that's why i took it so and i I agree you know it was it was (laughs) everything that you said (laughs) not and it's not that they're like it's not that it's a a mess it just is you know it needed structure you know but I think there's a lot of places out there that are the same way. You walk in the door and you're just like, what are you doing? What's going on here? This is ridiculous. Like, how are you even guys, how is this company even functioning? I mean, how many times you deal with places that are like, how are you still in business? Like, I don't get it. Like, and some of these companies are, do great. And it's like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, your people suck. Like, I can't get anybody on the phone yet. How are you guys still in business all this time? Like, I don't get it, but... We're um, not going to be like that. I can tell you that much. Like we're, I don't we're, operate like that. 
You know, like it's got to be structured. You got to get back to your clients. You have to be on top of stuff and do the absolute best that you can. Otherwise, like you're going to lose clients. That's in any business. Like we were like that even at the firm. Like you had to stay on top of your clients. You had to stay on top of your emails. You had to be responsive. You had to be responsive to the clients. They wanted to know step by step what was going on with their work. Like otherwise the investors were going to get unhappy and that's it. They're going to say, hey, get rid of that firm. Like we don't want to do business with them anymore. Like we're losing too much money with them and they want answers. And that's, I think that's with everything. Like you need to be on top of your stuff. Like it's unacceptable to, to not be. Um, now that you're starting to understand the dynamic of the permit business and the competition and the people that are out there, what is your overall feeling of architects, expediters as a whole from a service standpoint? And then ultimately, what's our vision and what makes us different? Um, I think what makes us different, besides having me here, um, <laughs> is just that, yeah, like, you know, we're we're going to be structured like you know that that's the goal and i don't think that's really out there i think like a lot of feedback i get from you know investors or even homeowners that come to us is that you know they've they've called a permit company permit company's not getting back to them or they were dealing with an architect the architect's just unresponsive or you know no one's answering my questions and you know that's not my ultimate goal for this place like you know like yeah things are still like in the work so like yeah you know some people don't get back but i'm trying to resolve that where anything i know about it's getting answered you know and like you said it's i've only been here what five and a half weeks so it's just a, it's a process and it's not going to happen overnight but in six months I, I think it should be like like you said a machine and it's it's we're going to be able to respond back immediately we're going to have you know point of contacts are going to be correct and and things are going to be really good yeah, I mean, we're better than better than I think anybody else out there. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, even with what we're doing, we're one hundred and fifty percent better than anybody else out there. I mean, realtors are involved; everyone's kept in the loop. You're amazing at keeping updates. You always answer the phone. I mean, it's um, but it, it's cool. Like, I want people to hear this because I want people to understand. Like, to your point, it is a process, right? Yeah. Everything is a process, and it's also a never-ending process. Meaning, you're if you're a certain kind of person, like to always your point, to tweak it. you're always trying to get more jacked, right? You're always trying to get faster, more stronger, <laughs> better looking, right? Yeah. We we'd both like to have more hair. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Although with modern medicine, you never know. Yeah. Supposedly, Maddie's got the answer back there, and he's going to tell me after the podcast is uh, is over. Um, so I guess um, last question is. Thank God. <laughs> um, you know, where do you, I guess it's a kind of a, like a, like a two part thing. Actually, no, no, we'll go with this. As somebody coming into a slightly dysfunctional situation, what is your recommendation for people? Like if you're a business owner or if you're an employee coming in or a partner or whatever it is, and you're coming into a business that's in a state of chaos. Mm. How do you, what do you, what advice would you give to people on how to structure it? Meaning what happens, you know, day one you sit there and you're just like, all right, I got to put a plan together. Like, how do you come into a chaotic situation and essentially work through the process of, of making it streamlined and, and. Well, you have the, I mean, obviously if you have, if you already know how to do that, like you have a structured, you came from a structured background or you're structured yourself you know you have to take baby steps because people aren't always like open to change right away so you can't come in like a bull in a china shop like and you know totally try to revamp things in a week you know you kind of have to like get to know who you're dealing with get to know like what makes them tick what they're good at what they're not good at 
and build a system in place, like build a system kind of around everyone. But at the same time, you have to bring in your own like professionalism and know what's going to work. It's, you know, you have to kind of play a balancing act with that because I feel that, you know, you have to make sure like that the employees there don't think like you're like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You know, like they know what they're doing. They're good at what they do. They just needed structure. So you kind of don't want to like make them feel unappreciative. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, you kind of do it. Got to do it in baby steps. And then uh, and then ultimately it'll all come together the way you wanted it. And but they'll be happy at the same time because they say, hey, this guy didn't come in and totally, you know, make us feel uncomfortable. And like and he's totally doing things totally different. He's keeping a lot of what we've been doing in place, but he's just kind of tweaking it so it's better. And I always ask them like, hey this is what I want to start doing, get any feedback about it, what's going to work, what's not going to work, maybe why we shouldn't do this, because I don't really know this world yet. I know how to put things in place, keep things organized, and, you know, just so I I get feedback from them as well. I let them kind of play a role in me structuring this place, because, you know, they're they're the professionals. It's just me coming in and and putting it together and, and, and running it with them. So I kind of that, that's kind of how I think it should be done. I don't think it should just come in and like be a dictator and like, this is how it's going to be done. No questions asked because they know it best. And they may say, Hey, no, don't let's not do it that way because in, you know, in the long run, it, it, it's going to jam us up and it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. So yeah. let's, let's do it this way. And we can, in, you know, input, input your idea. And, you know, you kind of say, Oh, you know what? That makes sense. And, you know, you might have to tweak it a little bit more, but, you know, you, you get there. It's, you know? um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a collaborative effort that is with good communication and it's as much an art as it is a, uh, a science or a business. So, uh, dude, you're the fucking man. I love having you here. You do an unbelievable job. Great things have happened in the last six weeks. Um, obviously, realtors, homeowners, investors, attorneys, titled people, if you've ever walked by a house, want to buy a house, deal with a house in any capacity, commercial property, etc., you need the captain permit. Ladies, if you are looking for a super jacked, single, no drama, light eyed, bald headed beauty, call the captain. 516-513-8838. If you have a house that smells like cappy, commercial property, anything real estate related, you know where to find me. 516-777-SOLD. That's a wrap. Orgulloso estoy de mi herencia judía Benjamin Levenslobo cuando me llamas a la torre